reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. Dr. C. Victor Herpin III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover. We welcome you to another edition of Taking It to the House. Good news today, man. I'm listening to the ESPN, and I'm seeing that Dickie V is cancer-free, and that struck a chord to me, Vic. So I want to lead the show. Start talking about cancer. Last week, we talked about early detection and screening, and to hear Dickie V to be told that now he is cancer-free after a couple of years of battling this lymphoma, lymphoma. And so why did it strike a chord to me? It's because I got uh, T2, J1, and Didi, you know, in my family who are battling warriors. And so some of you out there, our fans may know somebody who has cancer or who has gone through cancer, maybe even has succumbed to cancer again. Screen, screen, screen. Get see your doctor. But to hear those words, cancer free. That's what everyone would want to hear in the end. My pastor talks about God has the final say. You may hear a physician tell you you have it or don't have it, but God ultimately has the final say. He is the chief physician. So I wanted to start off the show, sir, with that, and uh, certainly want to hear your take on Dickie V and and cancer and pre-screening as well. It's always a miracle, baby! You gotta love it! <laughs> I mean, if you're not familiar with Dickie V, I mean, he is an icon. Uh, we spoke about icons a couple weeks ago, and the first time me even knowing who this man was was full of excitement. Probably as at the age of 13, and he at that time had to be, I mean, geez, probably in his 50s. And just understanding who he was and the excitement he brought to college basketball, not really being a college basketball fan until March Madness, that's who I am. He always brought a level of energy and passion. And from that is where I've always wanted to glean and learn from in any of my walks of life, whether it's in the military, whether it's being a consultant, leadership consultant, in a classroom bringing enthusiasm, loving your job, loving your craft, loving your vocation. And as we know, cancer plagues this world. Some of us have been intimately close to it, but many of us know someone who's had it. And when we hear the word cancer-free, him at the young age of 82, that means he went to battle. I think the medical community, the doctors that rallied around him and him maintaining the faith and the prayers of, of those around him. And like Unc said, whether go, where's my mom, my uncle, or my my sister uh, slash cousin? Um, we we love you and continue that fight. And that battle against cancer is a faith move. It's about that love and support of that family you have, as well as donating to local cancer research. And we can together, like we talk about the 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 Jimmy V 
uh, Foundation. Uh, there's many opportunities to donate towards charities to fight this, to continue doing this research. So I urge you all continue to go out there, fans, and let's let's defeat this. Let's defeat this. But again, it's great news to hear the word cancer-free and see the bell being rung. Good job, Dickie V. Uh, we love you. Well said, well said. So uh, we're going to go transition. And what's the hottest news, man, in the NFL? Deshaun Watson. We mentioned it. We talked about it. Let's pick up that thread again, sir. Deshaun Watson, for those who don't know, he's now the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Last year, he was with the Texans, Houston Texans. They refused to pay him, excuse me, play him, but they were paying him last year. Why? Because over 20 sexual assault accounts, uh, massage therapy, and he was eliciting sexual favors from these folks and these massage masseuse. And so it was just a bad look. It's still a bad look. Now he's with the Browns. The Browns said, no, we'll take him with these uh, sexual charges without a, a, a ruling from the NFL. Uh, we're going to trade. We're going to sign him. And he got guaranteed money without a ruling. Okay. Fast forward. A ruling comes down. They have an arbitrator. The NFL, the NFL PA team uh, decide they're going to have an arbitrator rule on him. And he's suspended. Suspended, what was it, six games? Okay, no fine, but six games. NFL, Roger Goodell said, no, partner, no, heck no. And the, the court of public opinion says, that's a bad look. We don't like that. It's not criminal, but yet it's not enough. They decided to rule again on him. So as of yesterday, Deshaun Watson was handed down 11-game suspension and a $5 million uh, fine. And he's going to lose almost another million dollars just in game checks. So ah, that's where we're at. For those of you who don't know, everybody has an opinion and you're about to hear ours. Ours. I toss it to my co-host over there. Vic, tell me what you think, sir. Where are you at with this whole Deshaun Watson ruling as we are today? As we are today, because we did dis discuss this in detail last week, as we are today, I actually wish it was longer. Let's set the precedence. Let's set the precedence. 11 games? Why? Why Why 11? Why not 12? Why not 10? I don't want to read in between the lines and know the game that he comes back to is against who? His former team of Texans. I hope that was not part of that calculation to say 11 games. And within the stipulation of his return, it involves, obviously we talked about the $5 million uh, fine, but also health, mental health evaluation and assessments. Why can't the mental health evaluation assessments be contingent and his passing and his, um, his awareness, his growth through that be the, the impetus before you even allow back into the league. Let's be serious about this. If we're saying he has a mental health challenge or issue, don't just throw it in there to say, all right, this is sweet in the pot. What are we doing about it? What advocacy is he doing? Have him spend the time paying his penance. Hey, okay, 20 allegations, 
All it needed was one person to say it happened to me. It's unwanted. There's an issue. There's an issue. I don't, I'm not in his house. I'm not in his closet. I'm not underneath his bed. And as Cisco say, sleeping in my bed. I don't care what you do behind, but if it's unwanted, it's wrong. So what does the league do to save face? Roger, I'm calling you out. What are your policies and procedures? How do you stand now as a leader of one of the greatest business franchises in the world? We're talking about the National Football League. What statements are you making? And what will you make as the, the league continues to march on for another 50, 70 years to say this is not acceptable in our game? This is not acceptable in our culture the locker room culture, you can make all these great advancements where you're having the first black male um, um, referees or how about the first female line judges and now starting to incorporate female coaches on the sidelines. Got it. Thank you for checking the block. Now put your money where your mouth is and do something that eradicates this behavior in the locker room, in the boardroom, on the field and off the field. If you run the shield, run it. That's what I have to say right now. What you got, huh? I'm with you. 11 games, $5 million. Deshaun, you got off easy, brother. I still feel you got off easy. So if you heard our rant last week, I was more upset about the process, the disciplining process, whether it's the through the owners, Goodell, the arbitrator, the ruling, and then a re-ruling, and you call it double jeopardy. I don't think it was quite double jeopardy, but it felt like double jeopardy. You being uh, brought up on charges again. So the appeal process, to me, it's all sketchy. It's not black and white. It's gray. And so when you talk about Roger Goodell and the shield and protecting the shield, we need more black and white. We don't need the gray area. That's my uh, bone of contention. But no, being girl dads, you and I, sisters, no, partner, this dude probably does have a problem, okay? When the original report was talking about predatory, we need to pay attention to this. No, it may not be criminal, but it is criminal. It's unwanted. It's sexual assault, but he was never found to be a, be, to be criminal, so to get 11 games again, uh, bro, you got off light. So now that you got off light, what are you going to do? I would like to see, and to you talk, you talk about penance. He needs to talk about how remorseful he is. Maybe even go to uh, abuse moms and abuse women's to, to, you know, shed light. Talk to teens because this behavior, are you a changed man? Or were we trying to get a changed man? Were we trying to change behavior? As you say, set precedents. Do we want this? Do we need to eliminate somebody else from doing this again or even taking a risk because they know how bad and severe it was for Deshaun? Well, it wasn't bad enough. It wasn't severe enough. So you don't have the teeth in the policy to prevent this from happening again. Apples and oranges, maybe, but Trevor Bauer got two years, and that's with the Dodgers. He won't, he may not get a chance to pitch again. Deshaun, you got off easy brother so uh 
and, and the other thing too, enough about Deshaun, but same kind of problem. What are y'all doing with Daniel Snyder? Still, I got a problem. Toxic environment. He's on a yacht. He's an owner of the Washington, is it the Commanders now? So what we know what he was doing. We know what was going on. He has been found guilty. Where are the charges? Where is the penalty on him? But that's me and my rant. Deshaun, after 11 games, you're still, still going to be rusty. So essentially, and my uh, our producer was talking about about two years of non-pro football activities. I'm talking about live, game time action. What is he going to be like after you know this suspension not playing last year? He's going to be rusty. So I, I question to you, Vic, would the Browns be better served having Baker than Deshaun right now? Or is that ship sailed? Huh. First, I want to say, part of the Daniel Snyder and even Deshaun Watson, where's the public outcry? Where's the public outcry? Right. When Michael Vick got convicted of fighting dogs and wound up serving time in prison, PETA had no issue making a public outcry. And he didn't come back to the league for some years in addition to his prison sentence. I don't hear the public outcry. Where are the boycotts? Where are the threats to sponsorship? When do people take on the NFL head on when we look at social injustices, chauvinistic culture, toxic environments? Again, John Gruden was wrong as all get out, but he's done. His career in the NFL is done. Deshaun Watson got the slap on the wrist. But John Gruden had emails. I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm not justifying. He had emails speaking of some inappropriate things to general managers and owners. Deshaun Watson had allegations of inappropriate behavior and sexual misconduct to women. Where's the public outcry? Towards Daniel Snyder, towards Deshaun Watson, where 11 games is taken a little bit more seriously and his paycheck is supposed to be $5 million. How about a whole year of his contract forfeit because you're not playing and void the terms of his contract? So because of that, you ask the question on Baker. Baker said, I'm out here in Carolina. I'm going to do my thing. I, I, I still <laughs> question the Browns' decision to even entertain that. I don't understand how he was even able to be a candidate to be picked up. Like, where was the NFL to say, hey, I understand teams, owners, you have an interest in a player, but this player is pending an investigation. This player is pending the following uh, 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 issues. He's not even considered touchable until we receive insight from the criminal justice system and then us as the NFL decide what we're going to do with him. Once he has been deemed clear to play or be a candidate to play on someone's team, then you all can have that discussion if you want to pick him up. Why in the world, if you're oh, Cleveland, okay. with that level of uncertainty, if this guy can even play, then I'm going to scratch a check for someone who hasn't played in the year and some change, and I don't know if he's going to play this year and some change, why would I waste my, my money and financial resources on that when you do have a almost a Super Bowl-ready team? 
So you lose your quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who you drafted as a number one uh, first-round pick, and you took a crap on his face after he played injured, after his weapon, Odell Beckham, was injured, and other people on that team that were critical to his success the first two years. Oh, by the way, he played with three different coaches. So that's how you thank me? You're going to sign someone that got sexual allegation and misconduct uh, charges up against him that was unfounded, and I'm the dude you're going to get rid of? Man, he should have made he's a good sport. Whether he's the best uh, player, quarterback, he got locker room issues, he's a better man than me. Christian or not, I probably would have gave the Browns a middle finger at the doing my press conference. They would have had a whole lot of bleeps at the bat to that thing. That's how I would have done. And I would have been like Snack said to Kobe, tell me I'm an ass taste. That's what I got to say about that. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Hey, let's stay in that division, man. What's going on with Lamar? I mean, doggone it. What what they got to do down there in Raven in Ravenland? That's why I why I bring up Lamar because he's one of my favorite NFL players. Exciting, he can pull it down. What he can't do, it's he can do it all. But right now, fans, he's not signed. Represented, you heard me. He's represented by his mother not an attorney, not an agent, and he's unsigned for this year going in. So I'm talking to the resident Ravens expert right here. My co-host, bruh, tell me what's going on with your Ravens? What's going on with Lamar? Are they going to sign him? He has a drop dead date of game one. No more negotiations after game one. What happens at game one or before? Or where are you at, sir? What's going on? Talk to me. I understand the strategy. There's a lot of money thrown out there. And I'm trying to put myself in that position. How much money do I want to play for? He's got the Ravens to playoff games. He's got us close. Last year, he did a lot with nothing. We lost our running back core. We lost our defensive back core. He's taken a bet on himself. And he's a good good character guy a great player it's it's i understand the strategy i'm but football is unpredictable i'm betting on myself to get the max deal i can get when i know i'm playing against guys like the kyler murray's who just got this max uh deal your josh allen's uh some of these other quarterbacks that these young and upcoming quarterbacks and he believes he's in that category if not better which he is you got your Burroughs. You got the Deshaun Watson. You're going to tell me Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played in a couple years, is getting paid off a of past performance and not going to be able to play for another almost two years? Right. I understand the strategy. I'm scared only because it takes one hit and your value is gone. So, but he's but he's representing himself. So without having the 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 the, the you know Jerry Maguire-esque agents going in there and really selling his case and not taking anything away from moms moms know they baby boy but are they gonna get the best deal or do they overplay their hand and then something happens this year where he doesn't deliver and now he puts himself at a bad position 
I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I just want my boy to be healthy and get paid what he's worth. I definitely know he's worth more than these other these other uh, players, but how much is he trying to get? There's a lot of money that's been thrown out there this offseason. So mm-hmm. I wanted to play on week one. We do have a running backs coming back. We have a strong team. We'll be strong in the division. I do pick us to win the division. But he's trying to bet on self. And for those factors laid yeah. out. I, we're talking about former MVP. We're, we're talking about uh, Super Bowl ready team, healthy, playoff at least. We're talking about cover of Madden. You don't get on the cover of Madden unless you're electric, unless you can bring something. And you so you're selling the NFL, you're selling the Shield, you're selling the Ravens, and be, and he is that guy. He is electric. Why not? Why why are we here? And that's my question to not you, but to the Ravens. Why why are we here? Pay the boy his money. Come on now. At some point in time, it's not about dollars and cents. It's not about that. It's about loyalty. Oh. That's where it is. Are you saying you don't love me no more? Talk to me. And that's how I believe he should feel is like, you don't want to pay me. You don't want to give me what my value is. You don't want to give me my worth. Maybe that is it. Or they don't know what his true value is. He may be wanting more than what they think he's worth. So it's all about negotiation. I get it. It's just sad to see. And you know, during these times of contention, it can lead to bad, bad publicity and bad locker room environment. You know that we talked about cancer earlier. That "quote unquote" cancer in the in in on the team. So y'all need to clean that up, Ravens, and so that you can move on and not let this be a distraction going forward, man. Let's get out of the NFL. Let's go NBA. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Yeah, he gets a two-year extension. Okay. Cool, <laughs> great, but this is not a young LeBron. What does it mean, man, to get a two-year extension and he's going to be over 40 when this extension is complete with the current state of the Lakers? And for those who don't know, man, y'all know now. We're, we're Laker fans, bleed purple and gold, uh, Kobe, Shaq, Magic, Kareem, before you know, we we were fans when there was Smooth Parker. Okay, that's how far we can go back and even further. We're deep, but this signing with LeBron, I gotta ask you, sir, what does it mean? Toss it to you. I want him to bring us another championship, and right now he's the best player in the league that can do that. I don't want Kevin Durant. I don't want Kyrie Irving. He's still LeBron James. I want him to tell me through his play. That was a hot mess last year that I had Laker Nation watch. I refuse to go out like that. Two out of three years, we looking like this. He knows. He knows that's not who he wants his legacy. He does care about his legacy. And to be playing with the most winningest franchise, Celtic Nation, he knows what it means to wear the purple to go. If you want that statue out in front of Staples Center, bro, you got to put some work in. I had the opportunity to go to Staples Center this summer, and I took pictures, and I said, man, this is, this is great. Wow, this is, 
our arena. Yeah, I said Staples. Forget about crypto. I'm talking about Staples. So if LeBron wants to be that guy, if he wants to be that guy, then he needs to put us some chips. And 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 I want him to be that guy. I I I when I watch him, I have to remember he's not the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron. He's older, but that Joker, he was still performing, and he was the best player on our team last year, with people who are five, ten years younger than him. So I'm okay with the extension if it means that he's going to come out hungry. He's going to hold Westbrook feet to the fire. He's going to hold AD's feet to the fire. Be the leader we know. If they're not ready to be the number two, got it. Uh, number one guy, got it. That's fine. Be number one and train them up. The whole goal was to train so AD can be that person. So I'm okay with the two years. How bad does it hurt us in acquiring new free agents or other players? Because we did mortgage the farm to get a lot of other people. But if he, if we're going, I just don't want us to do a repeat of what we had to do with Kobe's last few years where we have the Kobe Bryant, but he's surrounded by trash. If AD and, and, and Westbrook are trash, get rid of them and get LeBron some people that could play. He has two years now to get us his championship. So I'm okay with it. I just want you to deliver. What, where are you at with it? So when you sign this uh, extension, uh, pretty much he's, he, man, get your money. I'm all about people getting the money. That's number one. But when you, when you, when you get this money and you talk about Kobe, when Kobe was getting paid, you couldn't bring anybody else in, which is a problem. AD is already at a max contract. LeBron is at a max contract. Westbrook is at a max contract. Yikes. And you saw the hot mess, the dumpster fire we were in last year. So as currently constructed, we will not win a championship. So when you take this money, something has to give. Personnel, people, you don't have a lot of flexibility is what I'm saying. Rosters because of, because of all the money in those three players. And AD is always hurt. And Westbrook didn't, didn't play very well. So... LeBron is going to be the central figure piece for the Lakers at least for the next two years. I don't, I need a solid number two. AD has not been proven to be that person, nor has Westbrook yet. There's going to be some changes. I just don't know where. LeBron, even at your advanced age, 18th year, going to the 19th year, I don't mind you being that central piece. I just don't want you to carry the load. I want you to be my highlight periodically every three to four games. And let's be clear, you're doing that for selfish reasons, also for the Laker reasons, because you're going to beat and take over the, the scoring lead in a Laker uniform from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I get it. It's marketing. And so they'll make that money back up because as they're filling up the seats, trying to see you do it, they're going to make their money from concessions and just from attendance. But for championships, I don't know. Rob, I trust. I just don't know that you're going to be able to do it. You don't have a lot of roster flexibility because he has the money. So that's my, my issue with that. But changes in personnel are going to be moved. Westbrook is being mentioned quite a bit in trades. We just don't know how it's going to shake out. And I've also heard that they may not trade him and just roll with it because next year is better they can get rid of his contract and then they have a lot of flexibility next year. You and I, 
we want championships this year. What guess what next year? We want championships next year and the year after. So we don't have the details and all the information that they have. We're talking about Rob and Jeannie Buss, the owner for uh for the Lakers. So there's gonna be some moves going on, but I'd like to know the master plan. But right now, as currently constructed, and because of his extension, they don't have a lot of cap flexibility, period. I'm hoping one thing that's not that was not there that's there this year, a new head coach. And okay. that is the piece where it'll be interesting to watch how he puts these three together, considering the same obstacles that Frank Vogel had to go against. Now we have Westbrook in the second year. We have obviously LeBron and AD, but now you have the first year coach. So what are you going to do, coach? And what I'm hearing, he came in there and they, he has the respect of the players, which is great. So, if you if he has Westbrook, now you inherit this this Porsche that was sitting on blocks and need to get oil change. <laughs> it need you know it had some cobwebs on the gear shift. You got to blow off some stuff. He's inheriting this. Genie Bus says, "Here goes the keys." He said, "Kurt Rambis, you don't come in my locker room." So I'm I'm ex I'm excited to see how he's coming in. And if he knows these are the these, this is the Porsche, this is the car he's been given. What are you going to do it for these next twelve months? And you have rest assured that your star player in LeBron is here for another two years. So even you got Westbrook for another year, you still got three people at once upon a time was considered the three best, arguably in the league, top three, you know, top out of the top ten type stuff. What are you going to do with it, Coach? This is where he puts his name on the map. This is where he puts his name in the Laker record book of what are you going to do with it? We have not had that coach since Phil Jackson. We have not had that coach that brought that buzz, that brought the energy, and brought a team and successful and successive championships. That's almost 20 years, bruh. So I love Vogel, what he did. I, I think he got the raw deal. But there is yeah. a new light in Tinseltown. It's a new day. What are we going to do? Okay. Hey, it's that bewitching hour, man. Things are running and running, and we run out of time. However, before we close, let's stay in the L.A. area. Serena and Venus, the Williams sisters in tennis. Serena decides she wants to retire. She didn't say retire. She used a different word, uh, but essentially retire. Um, and so I just want to pay homage to her now, uh, hear what your thoughts about her. But I just remember her and her sister coming out in those beads and they were young and they're challenging the establishment. We're one, we're, we're young and we're black and she didn't even, she, they weren't even mature yet, but they were winning and they were competitive and they were grunting and they were aggressive and they were scaring the bejesus out of them white folks. And <laughs> And then they started winning and kept winning. And here she is. She's a shadow of herself. But I just want to say to you, Serena, and Venus, you need to follow shortly thereafter. Uh, Y'all need to retire because I like to see you guys finish up on top. Well, usually you don't because we, we don't know. Um, I think the great ones don't know when to quit. You just keep challenging and keep challenging and keep fighting. And we have loved you for the fight. And you're probably great because of the fight. 
and somebody has to tell you or your performance has to tell you, you just don't have it anymore. I will not remember you, Serena, for your successive losses and that they're stringing together. I won't remember you for that. I remember, I will remember you for your grace, your power, your beauty, the way you handled yourself, your fashion even on the tennis court and that you were black and you shook the establishment. And I'm happy and I'm proud of you for all that you've done on the circuit, the WTP uh, uh, circuit. So thank you for the memories in advance of your retirement. That's it for me on uh, taking it to the house. I just wanna say thank you again for joining with us and I toss it to my co-host. I did know everything you said about Serena. Uh, this younger, younger generation has still yet to understand the significance of the 90s and early 2000s in the world of sock, uh, uh, golf, as well as tennis. You're talking about a Tiger Woods, you're talking about a Serena Venus Williams, breaking through so many barriers of, of Black men and women performing in a sport that was dominated by white Americans. It, 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 and so to see where she has come and what Tiger has gone against, and we're focusing on Serena, but to understand the historical significance that that was that that's those were anomalies that 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 doesn't happen. And then her 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 body, uh, her her investment in her body. The typical tennis player was very frail, small, like. But she showed that with strength and power to still maintain that grace and finesse and still have the, you know, still maintain the, the feminine side of the sport. What she brought. There's nothing that the Chrissy Everett's and the Steffi Grass want any of that. So to see what she was able to do and how she remodeled what the, 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 the sport of tennis can do and how many young black girls are playing tennis, how many young black boys are playing tennis. Because it became something indoctrinated now that we can look in our culture and say, wow, we could do that. So when we look at the bigger picture of what she meant to the sport, we talked about legends a couple weeks ago as we honored Bill Russell. We need to throw Serena Williams and Venus Williams in that same category of, of powerful people in the sport of tennis like we would look at Arthur Ashe. Um, the history is still being written on what these two women did. But Serena, thank goodness for you. Thank God for you being being a blessing to us during our lifetime to witness such such stellar athleticism. And we wish you the best in this next phase of life as a mother and as a and as a wife and those other titles and the other opportunities that that life still has for you for these next decades. So with that said, I love this show today, um, and I gotta say a major yes, props to the Dodgers. <laughs> the LA Blue, hope what the first team to hit 80 games a season. We hit that 12 game winning streak. The Padres, who? We didn't talk about the Padres. Because you know why? Y'all like the Cleveland Browns of the NL West. Y'all ain't nothing. Y'all don't know what to do with the riches you have. But boo boo on yourself. So my Dodgers look great. Dave Roberts, his prognostication in spring training sounds great. Stay healthy, fellas. We got the second half of the season coming up in a couple weeks. And I'm I'm calling it now. We'll be there. We will be there. So, fans, we love you. We love you. We had a great time today. 
Uh, you know how we do. So, hey, look, hit us up on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Shoot us notes. We love interacting with you all. Enjoy this next week. Enjoy this weekend. We got a couple weekends left until it's NFL kickoff, baby. And we're about to turn it up. So until next time, we say holla, take it to the house is out. <laughs>